This is the Copper Crab Podcast. I am Cheney Crab. I am Naveen Copperweiss. Coming at you live. If you would like to grab merch for Copper Crab Podcast, go to coppercrab.bigcartel.com. If you would like to grab Entheos merch, go to entheosstore.com. That's right. We changed the URL. You heard it here first. Uh, so today's a, I guess tomorrow's a big day. If you're listening live on Twitch right now, then don't listen to what I'm about to say. Our new song is coming out. Or do listen to what I'm about to say. I always get confused yeah. when I'm <laughs> announcing this part. Our new song comes out tomorrow. If you're listening on the 18th, then our new song is coming out today. We're announcing our new album tomorrow as well at 1 uh, Pacific Time, 3 Central Standard Time. Uh, we have a new music video that comes out at 10 a.m. We are going to have album art, t-shirt, wall flag, hoodie pre-orders at entheosstore.com. If you want to pre-order our act, our vinyl records, then go to metalblade.com slash entheos. There are two variants for, uh, in the American store, there are two variants in the European UK store. Uh, vinyl variants. Vinyl variants. So just keep that in mind. If you go to our band run merch store, entheosstore.com, then there are not vinyls there, but we are selling vinyl through indie merch and I think it's through King's Road, Road. Yeah. in Europe. Yeah. So yeah, go and pick those up. Check out our new song. Uh, and CDs will be available, right? Yeah, CDs. I guess that vinyl means more. To, I'm gonna order the vinyl. Yeah. So there are CDs. We're still kicking it old school. They're not digi packs. They're regular jewel case. Jewel cases. Oh, we were talking about that last week. Yeah. Whether or not it was a digi pack. And then I saw like the layout, and it's a uh, jewel. It'll be the first Entheos jewel case. That's right. So you heard it here first. Get your hands on <laughs> that. <laughs> Breaking news. Do you have that? Uh, it would take me too long. To oh, get my to God. It. We're just really crumbling over here. Yeah, I know. We're falling apart. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, go and check that stuff out. We're super excited to finally show you guys our album art. Finally. Jesus Christ. It feels like we've been talking about this album. Or we have been talking about it since we started the podcast. That's sad. Literally. So 128 episodes we've been saying, we've got an album coming at you. So that's 128 <laughs> weeks. And we also quit the podcast for like six months. Yeah. One time. So, yeah, it's, so it's, it's been a while. Long time. Uh, but yeah, we're excited. Mark Lewis uh, mixed it. Eleron Cantor did the art for it. Of course, Evan played bass on it. Um, we did the drums with Zach Oren. We did the drums with shot Zach Oren. We shot our videos with David and Allie uh, at My Good Eye. And yeah. We put a little teaser up for the new video today. If any of you guys want to check that out. Or one it'll be too late by the time this podcast has come out. But one in which I'm covered in goo. That's right. And I was the goo tech. Naveen the was way. the goo tech. The yeah. thing that you can't see is Naveen on a ladder outside of the camera pouring... Wait, what were you using? Like, uh, I think it was a gallon jug with the top cut off. There, yeah, just pouring goo on top <laughs> of me for hours on end. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that long. <laughs> um, but I actually came up with the goo recipe, if you can believe that. You did. 
Are we going to give it away? You had a complex one. I was already giving it away today in the comments. She uh, is a Naveen. You just don't hold anything back. People were like, what's the goo made out of? Is it pig's blood? I know. And I wanted him to think that. I wanted him to think that. That's not vegetarian. That's true. But it's metal. It's definitely metal. Yeah, dude. But I don't know. Would yeah, you agree you're right. to have pig to blood that. poured on you? I don't me? know about that. That's I was just, I read that comment and I was like, if this person knew me, they would know that that was never going to fucking Holy happen. Crap. Yeah, right, dude. I would have stopped the video. I would have been like, no, we're not doing this. I'm not doing the goo. It's going to have to be like yeah. cotton candy or something. Well, I figured out how to do it and make goo on the cheap and a yeah. plethora of it. You did. So here's the recipe and Naveen's going to give it away. It's water. <laughs> Actually, I we had all this stuff. It's really cheap <laughs> as well. It's water and xanthan gum and food coloring. That's it. Yeah. And it is and not a it recipe a big... that I found on the internet when I searched for it at all. Yeah, those were surprising. expensive. They wanted you to use like corn syrup and shit. It would have been well, so expensive. Well, and I ordered some like theatrical blood for it. Yeah. So. Spent, <clears throat> I spent more money than we needed to spend on I it. I made it in a merch bin. That's right. So if you guys are like looking out there trying to make props for your music videos and stuff, then just know that you can probably make everything for really cheap by yourself and make it look sick. Get creative. But yeah, that was a good time. The video. It was fun. It was a while ago. It was a while ago and I got super sick because I was the only one who was covered in this concoction and I was like eating it. Like I was going in my mouth and I was swallowing it all night and... Freezing. Lost. Freezing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know. Shaking his head. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I almost, I like puked at the end of the night. Yeah. So fun. just know I did it for all of you guys. I did it for the, I did it for the art. And it ruined your boots. Almost. Uh, I actually have them on and they're squeaking louder than ever. Dude, <laughs> I was telling Harrison, yeah, I know you don't know this reference, but there's like a SpongeBob episode where his boots are just like squeaking really loud. And that's <laughs> my that's my fucking boots, dude. There we go. So if you hear squeaks coming down the hall, it's not a at night. It's not a ghost or a murderer. It's just me yeah. trying to get around. Yeah, no, I hear you walking around. It sounds uh, leathery. <laughs> uh, I also want to know I lost. That was the last time this music video is the last time the earrings I'm wearing in the music video were seen. So. Oh, because you lost one. Yeah, rest in peace. R.I.P. So let's take a moment of silence for the earring that I lost. (sighs) Anyways. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Are we through the moment of silence? (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't that big of a loss, honestly. Well, last week uh, I decided to impromptu interview Chaney. And uh, we're... I was trying to, th- did we leave off where I needed to keep interviewing her or where did we? No, we kind of quit. But when I listened to it, I was like, there's actually more. I want to go more in depth about some of these things. Yeah. But I thought that maybe we should do like a Naveen episode and then we can do another because we don't want to bore them with like the back to back. Chaney part two. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> we'll do that yeah. next week or a different week. We'll get a guest sometime. So do, yeah. do you want to start with your interview? <clears throat> Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. So Naveen, take me back. Uh, actually, how, how far did, back are we going? I want to know how did you, why did you start playing drums in the first place? Uh, cause my dad's a drummer and we had a drum set set up in the house. So he showed you how to play drums. So your dad's like super sick. He or? was like, Hey, do you want to learn how to play a drum beat? And when I was 10, 
And I just said, yeah, sure. I'll learn how to play a drum beat. Why not? So bet- between, did you already listen to metal when you started playing drums? Um, no, I listened to music though. I, I've, I always listen to music my whole life. Yeah, it's kind of like me. Like yeah. you, you like listen in, to it. Like from- I had like a Walkman when I was like, I don't know, really young. I don't know if people remember those, the tape yeah, Walkman. cassette tape player. And then you graduated, of course, to a disc man. Yeah. At that time, they were probably really expensive to have a disc man. Oh, yeah. Well, when did CDs start being <clears throat> made? Like back in the 80s? I think they were made in the 80s, but I don't think they were really popular until, or affordable until maybe the mid 90s or, or so. Like early 2000s is when I remember getting them. So yeah. you, did your brother also start playing music at the same time as you? Because we'll get to this, but people may not know that Sean, your brother, he plays drums still. He yeah. he can play guitar. He uh, was in Animosity, <clears throat> but he was also in the band that you were in before Animosity. Yeah. Um, he had a bass pretty early on. Mm-hmm. He had like a little mini bass. And then uh, I think he wanted, and then he got a guitar after that. And yeah, so he always played music too. So did you like play together from the beginning? Yeah, we would like mess around and jam and stuff. And then, uh, I mean, when I had been playing drums for like two years as w- after I uh, I met Chase and then we started, I think at first it was more me who played and then Sean started playing music a little bit after. Okay. And then you, so your first band was? Me and Sean and Chase. Called? Regression. Right. And it was spelled like a? With an A. Like R-A-D. We were 12. Like raw aggression? <clears throat> it was like aggression with an R in front of it. Oh, okay. Was I think it, we just spelled it wrong. What was your like, genre? I don't think there was. Well, so at first we were like punk. Like kinda. Yeah. Like How does punk Kind of a thing. Could you play that well? What? What do you mean? The drums? Like, were you good at drums at this point? Um, How is it sounding? So not trying to, not trying to brag, but like, (laughs) yeah, I was pretty, I was, I had good feel. Yeah. I've always had like good feel, I guess. I think that that's a thing. Like people have feel, if you have good feel. And then we wanted to be like heavier and we were kind of like, I don't know, maybe new metal-ish kind of at it. We were just like a. It's not, you know, when a band is just, they just started and they don't really have a genre. They're just like kind of yeah, bad. Yeah, of course. You're just like bad. Kicking out the tunes. Yeah. You don't even know what they are. Yeah. Was there singing? Yeah. Sean sang. So there was a screamer, a front man screamer, and then a singer. Sean was the singer and screamer. <clears throat> I think it was pretty much just screaming. Basically. Wait, Sean screamed in this band? <clears throat> yeah. For some reason, I thought he was the bass player. He was at first the bass player and then. I think he did bass and vocals, and then we got a bass player, and he moved to just vocals. Okay, so Sean was the front man, and how long did this band last? You guys played a show, though, right? This is what we're, we're talking like. This is a real band. It was like... Well, but you guys played a when show. When little kids are, like, playing in their basement. You know, yeah, and your parents go, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is cute. I mean, cute. we played... Yeah, okay, we did play a show, but I mean... I've seen the pictures from the show, so you cannot deny that this happened. We played. I wish I could hold them. There up. was like a thing in Santa Cruz called Thursday Night Showcase, and it was like any local band could play. So I mean, 
It's like a comedian doing like an open mic night and being like, yeah, I just booked a gig. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. you just played. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But so you, we did play that. That's pretty impressive. So you've never been in a band that didn't play a show. No, I mean, we play at other shows too. If you, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> See, did you play, is this the band that played like um, SoCal High School Court? Yeah. So we played at SoCal High School a number of times. We played in my backyard a couple times, hosted some shows. Wow, punk. And, yeah, there was a bunch of kid, local. Because we, <laughs> we actually lived right next to the high school. And so all the kids would like come out. And I think one day we like just played a show back there. And then all the kids just came. And I think we played like my birthday party or something like that. That's pretty sick. And then uh, we played in the at the Vets Hall basement. We actually played. A, we That was a real show. That was like one of our only real concerts. Did you like open? <laughs> yeah. That's how you know it's real when it's a concert. We opened an actual like big like punk show. Really? Who yeah. was it? MXPX? Uh, I want to say it was, I, I might be wrong, but I want to say it was Nerve Agents. I don't know. And them. this other band called Tiger Army. Oh, I know Tiger Army. Yeah. Yeah. See, I never got, I'm just not hugely into punk. I'm more into <clears throat> metallic hardcore. Yeah. Uh, okay. So you guys played some shows. That's cool. But well, it wasn't metallic hardcore show. It was not a metallic hardcore show. And then there was like this kind of community center that uh, was way out. You know where this is. Old San Jose Road, like way down. You know the Subud house? I've n- no. You've driven past it before. Okay. They used to have shows for like, you know, bands like ours. Okay. So we played that. I mean, it seems like you guys like kind of hey, we got around. We were active. Yeah, you were in an active we were, band. We got out there. You've never been in a non-active band. I mean, so were you a natural a performer from the beginning? Grandiose term. Did you like headbang and stuff, or were you kind of like no? I'd headbang and stuff. I wasn't stiff. Oh wow! I would like to see some of the videotape of. I that. think my dad has one. Actually, I'm sure he does. Yeah. So you you were in that band when you were 14. <laughs> 12 to 14, and then we broke up. What happened? What we were was just the like, big? We just kind of. I don't. I think we just thought that we weren't good <laughs> good and then we had like we had a, a little bit of a band fun built up oh shit i think like a, <clears throat> maybe like a couple <laughs> couple hundred we had like a couple hundred bucks and uh we wanted to go to see slipknot and so we broke the band up and split the money up and bought tickets to slipknot <laughs> that sounds like a good investment who else who was opening for slipknot uh that time oh it was probably all right guys we're breaking vein. up Damn, okay yeah that's worth breaking up the fucking band for yeah. like bye-bye regression yeah I'm going to see my i mean i can't say that's that's why we broke the band up I, i'd have to ask chase this is like 25 <laughs> years ago mind you we've tried to by the way we've tried to get chase on the podcast i hope Doesn't he's listening to, to this right now he told us he wants to be the type of guy he that, also ha- has that, all like the because re- we had some recordings Mm-hmm. so he and he has those the master what? tapes i'm sure he does yeah i was gonna ask if you guys like put anything on tape so we had a tape that my dad got pressed for us yeah and then we had i think we were okay so we were working on like pressed? a cd but i think we broke up while we were doing the cd oh, dude that always happens right yeah. when you're about to make a cd <clears throat> The band I don't really, it wasn't like a fight and goes to no, Slipknot. What's funny about us is I don't, I feel like we didn't take it like super serious. I think we were just like, why are we doing this? Let's just <laughs> not do it anymore. Yeah, for sure. 
So what kind of drum kit were you playing on back then? Um, I actually had a Tama. How did you get that? My mom bought it for me. That's sick. Yeah. A Tama Rockstar. Is that uh, the kit that eventually got stolen from you? No. Okay. No. I've had a lot of drum sets. I mean, you know me. I'm always wheeling and dealing. Yeah, you're always like changing stuff up as well. Yeah, so I sold that and then... I, okay, I sold that and worked. I got a job at the Boardwalk, which is like an amusement park in Santa Cruz. Which can be seen at the in the opening scene of The Lost Boys. Yeah. So I got a job there and I sold that Tama and then uh, saved up my money and bought the this pearl kit that I had in animosity. There's like picture. Actually, I just posted a picture of me playing it and that's the kit that I had. Jerry Guzman posted some animosity photos that must have been like <laughs> at the very beginning of the band. Okay. So I met Sean animosity. was in the band. Yeah, that was in the beginning. So I met animosity <clears throat> when I was, or no, I didn't meet them, but I saw them play a show and I was probably like 14. I was either 14 or 15. Maybe I was 15. Wait, so there was a drummer before you. Yeah. Who was that person? Like some kid from their high school. Okay. But uh, I was so jealous because they were like, they were actually, they uh, they already sounded like animosity. Like they had this a similar sound. and uh, Which is incredible. <clears throat> they I mean, were really sick. Frank had to, so you're talking about seeing them when you were 15? I was either, I think I was 15, yeah, because I don't think I could drive yet. And Frank is like a year or two younger than you. Yeah. And Leo's so, like two years younger. So we're talking about kids They're like who are twelve. Really yeah. young. Yeah, and they and they would play like actual hardcore shows because Leo was friends with all those guys, even though he was twelve or whatever. Well, what people probably don't know about Leo is that he has an older brother, Nate, who is like yeah. way into Nate, Nate was a vocalist, right? Or he was yeah, in a band. He, he was in a band too. Mm -hmm. And then uh so So Leo, I mean, I'm assuming I didn't have this and you're the oldest in your family too so you might not have had this that leo had someone who was like introducing him to all of this stuff yeah, which is it reminds me of freddie madball because we were watching a oh yeah a documentary about new york hardcore the other day and freddie madball's older brother is in agnostic front yeah. so he was like getting freddie into hardcore <laughs> when he was like the same age as leo i think he was actually younger i think i think freddie madball was like 7 <laughs> <laughs> that's insane <laughs> but uh but anyways so yeah leo is the vocalist of animosity for those of you who don't know yeah and uh yeah i'm pretty sure i was 15 and i went to a show and they played and i i knew leo because our dads worked in the same building so i had met him before and he he gave me their like demo cd that they had and i was like fuck they're like so much sicker than my band so was the demo <clears throat> did it have a name i don't, it, I don't know I don't think so. I thought there wasn't. What's yeah, the there, name there's of demos with me on them and everything. Oh, okay. For sure. Okay. But this is like w even before that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, because they were actually metal. They had like riffs and I was like, listen, they have like riffs. Of, like, D -d 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 -d, you know, like Swedish metal riffs and shit. Yeah. And metal like core. breakdowns. And I was like, they're fucking in. Oh, and they were young, young like us, you know. So I was like, I remember just being so jealous. Like, damn, this man is actually sick and like our band sucks. And then uh <clears throat> And then yeah, I think shortly after that is when I ha I got my driver's license and I sh showed up to a show and they were all there. Oh, okay. And I was kind of like talking to them, all hyping them up like, yeah, I can do blast beats and all this kind of shit. Well, because you, know? you had already been listening to like Fetus. Yeah, I was like 
I was ahead of them. And we're talking, this is Naveen age 15? No, I was 16 at this point. Okay, 16. Yeah, so I was ahead of them at that point because they were listening to hardcore and like stuff like metal-ish, Shadows mm-hmm. Fall, stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm listening to fucking Dying, Blast Beats, fucking Dimmu Borgir and all this shit. And I was like showing them music in my car and I was like air drumming it and shit. And they're like, damn, this guy's probably pretty sick at drums, you know? And then they're like. Well, because people don't know that you air drum really well. Like yeah. your air drumming is as good as your drumming. Like it's, it's incredibly legit. precise. Yeah, it's legit. And at the time, I mean, mind you, I was doing a lot of air drumming back in the day. <laughs> right, yeah. And then, uh, so they were like, yeah, do you want to like jam with us sometime? And I'm like, fuck yeah. And uh, I actually remember, if, so I went to the I went to their practice and they were like all impressed because I had a cymbal bag for my cymbals. <laughs> like, look, he's got a cymbal Dude. bag. He's pro. And I used Frank's, Frank had a drum kit in his basement and I used that. It was like a PDP. Like Wait, you brought shit. in your own cymbals? I brought my own cymbals and maybe like, that might've been it. Oh my God. You would have, if I was that young and you did that at my practice, you would have blown my fucking mind. This yeah. guy, what? He brought in his own cymbals? And in, in a bag. Yeah, that's you. crazy. And then uh, they were like, he's got a China cymbal. Dude, like the, they're all stoked that I had a China cymbal. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they were like, and what was funny is, like I said, I liked the band. And then they had some songs already. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, so what happened to the like? Drummer? So we just sat down and 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 I, and I knew their songs. But what happened to the drummer? I'm gonna get that. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. So we sat down and I was just like, all right, yeah, you want to rip? I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, I just ripped it, like just played the whole song. And I played, I, I think I played two or three songs or something like that. And uh, I remember feeling like <clears throat> it was the first time that I had ever played with a band that so that i knew their music ahead of time so like when we were playing it i remember being like damn i'm like actually like i liked listening to it so playing it and hearing it at the same time was like a new concept for me yeah and uh it was so fun i like remember that day in really good detail that's awesome and then uh what did you guys do so they kicked out the drummer to get me yeah okay yeah because they were like dude he's so sick like we need him you know and then uh I remember after practice, they were like, dude, you, you got the job, man. Like, you got your in, you know? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they kicked out the other drummer. But I think it was all chill because he, he, like, wasn't that into it. You know, that's why they wanted to look for someone else. Okay, got you. So. So, yeah, 16. That's, that's where I was at. It was a fucking good time. But you guys only played, like, local shows for a while, right? And what, what so you wrote music together in that time, too? Uh, so let me think about this. Yeah. So I was 16 and then, uh, I think we immediately started playing shows a lot and we would play in Sacramento too, because at the time the hard, like we were in the hardcore scene. This was like before we were in the death metal thing at all. We would play metal and have death metal parts and stuff, but strictly hardcore. Mm -hmm. And so we would play at like Gilman and then there was this place called Burnt Ramen, which was like this really small i mean incredibly small like blown out venue in a really bad neighborhood we would play there and then we would play random shit you know high school functions and you know you name it type of thing and then we would also like a lot of the hardcore scene uh, people from sacramento would come down so we would play shows in sacramento too like uh we would play it Mike Hoods, the guy from Hoods, had his own venue. And so we would play there all the time. 
We'd drive up there. My dad drove us up there one time. <clears throat> what did your dad think when he drove you up there? Oh, uh, he was down. Are you kidding me? He yeah. was like, "This is amazing." Like my kids. My dad's a drummer, so he's like, "This is amazing." Like they're playing shows. Oh yeah. Okay. And then uh, so what happened was at the time, Animosity was a four-piece band, and that first day that I said that I tried out, Sean was there, and he, he was hanging out, and he would always come and hang out at practice, and uh, they didn't even know that we were brothers. They were just like, dude. Uh, they just thought he was like my friend or something. And then uh, Nick was the guitar, was the bass player, and Frank was the guitar player, and Leo was on vocals. And then they were like, Nick wanted to jump to guitar. And then they're like, dude, we'll get Sean on bass. I don't even know if they knew that he could play bass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because at the time, you just like throw your friend in the band. That's like how it was. Oh, yeah. If your friend was hanging out at practice a lot, then they were just getting in the band eventually. That's how you 100%. got in the band back in the day. It was the best. Yeah. So Sean was on bass and yeah, we would play shows. We would, uh, we recorded. So before Sean joined, we recorded with Zach Oren. And that's how you met. And Zach. that's how I met Zach. And I was literally 16 and, uh, he had just started recording. He would record in his parents' front room and like while they were at work or something like that. And, uh, so I was the only member of the band who was old enough to have a license so we would put everything, we would go play shows in Sacramento in my car, like with everything, like with the <laughs> drums and cabs. Wow. So we'd have. Wait, and the people? And the people. Oh my God. Yeah. So we would do, this was pro. It was awesome. So I had a Volkswagen Jetta, like a, a one from the 80s. We would put one guitar cab in the trunk and then put the, the hardware around it. And then we'd put another one in the middle and this was before Sean was in the band. So this was when it was just the four piece. We put one cab in the, in the middle of backseat. So then you have two guys next to that and they would hold drums. And then the, whoever sat in the front seat had to hold the bass drum. Oh, fuck. and we would go rip shows like that. Hey man. I mean, when <clears> and, you're a and kid, mind you, Sacramento is like an hour and a half drive. Right. So motherfuckers sitting there with a bass drum on him for an hour and a half. <laughs> dude. Dying to play that show. <laughs> Hey man, when you're a kid, you'll do Sick, anything dude. to play music. You know, it's like you oh, just so fun. Uh, there are worse circumstances than that. Yeah, it was the to best. Be in. And the shows were fucking sick too. By the way, mm -hmm. like they weren't animosity. We were so lucky that we played. Like we had a scene, so right. like we pretty much never played shows that sucked until we went on tour. You know, like when we played, it would be we'd play the big shows at Gilman, the shows at this place called West Coast Worldwide. That's the Mike Hood's venue in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Like it would be fucking crazy. And there'd be these little kids up there. There's like, I think there's a video of it somewhere actually of us playing at West coast worldwide. And it's like insane. All these fucking grown ass dudes moshing and going crazy. Yeah, there might be. Well, Leo went, Leo came to Nashville and stayed with us in maybe September. Yeah. <clears throat> and he brought like an old school animosity uh, video that he has. That was us at Gilman. I with think. Sean on bass. Yeah. It was at Gilman. But I think there's one from West Coast Worldwide specifically. Mm -hmm. And the audio is like really bad. I mean, it's on like a VHS fucking camera. You know, yeah. like this is 20 plus years ago. Right. Uh, anyway, that's how we used to go play shows. And then, uh, I don't know, where was I? I think I got off on a tangent. I don't know. Just. Oh, yeah. So, oh, we recorded with Zach. Oh, right. So, yeah, we recorded with Zach. And then. You know, we were stoked. We were like, oh my God, this is so hype. Like, you know, we thought we sounded like dying fetus or something. 
And then we got Sean after that. Uh, okay. So Sean was never actually on a recording. Uh, I believe he's on the first album, the Shut It Down album. Oh, really? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That's the one with um, a picture of someone who looks like Nate. Yeah. But isn't Nate apparently throwing... <laughs> Uh, it's like really terrible like the color scheme sucks and the whole thing like looks really bad but. honestly it's the one i remember i mean i remember animal but i think it came out in like 2002 or wow something. that's crazy so. so sean's on that little piece of copper weiss history yeah um and then, uh and then sean kind of was getting out of metal basically and hardcore and yeah stuff. but was sean still in the band when chase joined the band or you guys because um, dan kenny was the for n- a little while okay I think so. So, but maybe not. So, know, guitar actually. guy Nick is his name. Yeah, Nick quit because he was over playing metal, which is a shame because he was really good at it and he had a really cool style. And like Animosity, the like original style was him and Frank on guitar. They had been playing guitar together since they were like they went to elementary school together. Oh wow. So they had always played guitar together. And they, and they had like a band before Animosity. Yeah, what was the name of it? <clears throat> Seafoam Green. Right, okay. <laughs> Seafoam Green. When they were like eight or so. I don't even know how old they were. I mean, who well, knows? So did, you, did your involvement writing guitars start after Nick left? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Because you've always played yeah, guitar so as I well. so I was like, oh, I can kind of play guitar too. You know, like mm-hmm. I'll write some riffs for the band. And then uh, that's just kind of how it started going with that but then so sean got out of metal yeah he was kind of get, getting more into the art community and all that stuff and uh because he said a, he started to just was his heart wasn't there playing the, these metal shows and well sean is like a really amazing metal sculptor. art metal sculpting artist and that was he's getting into that more and uh which you guys should check out szk metals he's seriously yeah. incredible yeah uh but so, yeah, he was he getting went, out of it he did that and yeah just and i think we did like one yeah okay sean was in the band when chase was in for a short while because Mm -hmm. we did our first like tour and sean was there actually yeah we did like a tour um funny story we did a little tour to texas and uh that's when we met reflux when i met tosin and evan Oh, it was on that. It was on the first tour you did. Yeah, I think I was. I was like seventeen or eighteen. And then Sotosin yeah. was probably twenty. Evan yeah, they were really young, 20. and they were in reflex. They were abs. I mean, mind blown. Are you kidding me? I was like, "Holy, what is this?" You know, mm-hmm. he's looping guitars and doing sweeps and all this crazy shit. <clears throat> yeah, Tosin and Evan was being Evan like super sick, and their and drummer was sick. I mean, it was the whole thing was like, "Fuck, this is amazing." Who was the drummer? Oh, uh, his name is uh, Vinny. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've heard about Vinny. So you met Evan and Tosin and then you like kept We became friends, contact. like real, instantly became friends because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were just all kind of more musician-y peep type people. And uh, yeah, like I got Tosin's number and Evan's number that day and like we, we became friends. We always stayed in contact. Wow. That's amazing. So, and then, but yeah, Sean was there for that. Oh, really? Yeah. And he played also some other... We would, and then we did after that. After we met Reflux, we would do random little runs with them, mm-hmm. like in California, and uh, just 
just yeah, like I said, just well, random few day shows here and there. So is so you met Ash there as yep. well, and is that like how because Ash started as a booking agent? I don't even know if he was booking at that time, but maybe we're talking about Ash Avildsen, who runs, who is the president of Sumerian. But okay, so he wasn't booking at the time, or you don't know how he? I really don't know. I'm assuming he booked. I think he actually was, but booking like on a small scale and they had a fest that they would do in Virginia. Oh, okay. And then <clears throat> which animosity played after that? Well, because he became your guys's booking agent. Yeah. Was it from that point forward? I don't know. I mean, we met him when we were super young, so I don't, he wasn't our booking agent right off the bat. Okay. Cause someone else, yeah, somebody else was our booking agent for like 20 minutes. Oh, okay. His name was, it was crawl space booking. I don't even know. <laughs> Shout out crawl space. <laughs> and that's who <laughs> booked us that tour. And it was with uh, all shall perish. Oh, wow. And, uh, like a lot of the shows didn't happen. Uh, yeah. And then, but one show did, I might be getting two tours confused. So bear with me, but it's around the same time period we played. Yeah. This was after that for sure. So there was two tours. There was, the one, okay, it's all coming back to me now. Mm -hmm. We did one little run with Hoods, and that's when we met Reflux. Okay. And then the Carl Space booking guy booked us a little tour with All Shall Perish, and this band called Radiation 4. Who, and they were actually at a show of ours, that one that we played at the Glass House with... Uh, Winds of Plague. Yeah, inspired. they were there, and I was like, dude. Whoa. I, and I haven't seen them since then. That's insane. Yeah. So... Is did all of this happen after you played with Hoods? Because you did play drums in Hoods, but I thought it was before Animosity. Like you wanted to play with Hoods because Animosity was too young to tour. Yeah, so like Animosity was still in high school, mm -hmm. and I like left high school early, and uh, I wanted to tour. You know, I was like, I want to fucking go on tour. Like, so I was like, all right, until Animosity like graduates, I'm gonna go tour with Hoods. So we we would do like tours and stuff, and I was like, you know, 17 or 18 or whatever, and then. Yeah, because Mike would book the tours. Okay, gotcha. And then he's like, oh, let's do one with Animosity. And we're like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then, I mean, the tours weren't like long tours. They were like a week or, you know, 10 days. Like go to Texas. You know, he had friends in Texas so he could book shows easily there. Right. And then, uh, so that was a whole nother cool experience that I had. Like playing in the hardcore scene. Well, was that kind like, of nuts? Because back then, like... There were like it wasn't as tame as it is now. <laughs> Playing music just wasn't as tame as it is now. There were like hardcore crews, and you know they would go to shows, and sometimes shit would be started. Yeah. and I mean, Hoods is like a legendary hardcore band, so mm -hmm. nobody's like gonna fuck with Hoods. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, for sure. So it was it was all good. It was fun. It was great. That's awesome. And then animosity starts touring yeah and then you so quit hoods. once yeah once animosity picked up you know it's like okay i'm gonna go do animosity full time that's what i wanted to do you know that was like my band i wrote a lot of the music and stuff mm -hmm. like that <clears throat> but yeah so we did the little run with hoods and then we did the run uh crawl space booking and it ended in texas where we played this epic fest which was it was super sick like, uh, Cephala Carnage played. I want to say Dying Fetus played. Into the Moat. 
Um, pretty sure Psyopus played like all the bands that were like in that kind of level of big at the yeah, time. Totally. That band Macabre played like all kinds of metal and underground hardcore ish bands. And the promoter, like it was in a Walmart, like an old Walmart that they just like painted the walls black. Oh, that's sick. And, uh, the promoter just bailed and didn't pay anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's classic. It was sick. Did he get chased down? I think he did get chased down. That's what happened. Yeah. You fuck around and find but, out. No, but nobody got him. Like he got oh, away. <laughs> <laughs> he evaded. Yeah. A thousand or a hundred. No, metal no, guys. Dying Fetus definitely did play. Actually, now that I remember it. And because uh, a guy like l- drove out of the parking lot and like crashed into a curb. <laughs> and I remember like the dude from Dying Fetus and Macabre, they're like, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt and like ran out and like we're trying to help him. Was he okay? I, I think he was. Fine. Hopefully he lived. Yeah. Uh, like he just crashed into like the median. Like it wasn't a big deal. Oh. That's why. Cause, and we were like in the band, we were laughing about it for like a really long time. <laughs> and yeah. then we also played uh, one show off show at a, some small bar, bar with cephalic carnage. That's on that run. Freaking sick. Yeah. So for us, that was like really sick. That was like when we first started playing like relapse metal band shows, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were super hyped because we loved all that kind of stuff. They were like one of my favorite bands at the time. So Dan Kenny was the bassist at this time. What was the no, line? No, of- that was Sean. Oh, Sean played yeah, all this? So that, I'm okay. saying those are the two like tours that we did. And oh. pri- prior to that, we did the show that I always talk about. I've talked about a million times. We got two shows with Between the Barry to Me. And that's when you met them. We talked about it, I think, yeah. last but week. But I didn't maybe. really met the, meet them at the time. I just, mm-hmm. I was like a little fanboy. I was like too scared to say hi. But BC Bam was like killing it right out the gate, right? This they were, was they were on their selling first shows album. Out. Yeah. Dude. So right when they came out with their first album, I, rem- I remember because Animosity was having band practice at Frank's mom's and Leo came to practice with the, the first CD, the mm-hmm. self-titled one. Mm-hmm. And he was like, dude, this band between the Mary and me, they're fucking insane. They're so sick. Like, you know, they're hardcore, but they're also metal and they have like singing parts and blah, blah, blah. Because they came out and they were really sick right right off the bat. And yeah, they were fucking big, dude. Like they played, uh, they played a show in the Bay Area and I actually didn't go to that one. And then they played the two, the show in LA and in San Diego. And they told me that was their first time in California. Wow. And the shows were like sold out. They're huge. That's insane. And uh, we got on the L.A. Sh- well, it wasn't actually L.A. It was uh, it was in like Anaheim. But Sean was not in the band. He was. These. This was before we Sean did played the BT Bam shows too. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, he did. Okay. And so we only me and Leo's brother Nate had driver's licenses. So we took like their car, their mom's car and my car and we drove down to L.A. And or it's not LA, but you know Southern California, whatever. And we played those two shows with uh, BTB. Wow! And it was like really fucking sick and awesome. And and then we did the Hoods tour, and then we did the uh, the Al Shaw Parish tour. Oh wow! Okay, okay. So then, what was Animosity's first actual tour? Okay, so our actual first tour was with Into the Moat and Psyopus. And that was like a real 30 day actually booked like tour that we did. How was that? And it, I mean, it was awesome. It was like our first real experience being on a, on a real tour. And uh, I mean, I'm sure there was days that like were shitty or whatever, like 15 people. But I mean, at the time, are you kidding me? I didn't fucking care. Yeah, I, was I like, know. I was like 19. <clears throat> totally. 
traveling. I was the 19. Country. I was playing like into the moat was so sick. Mm-hmm. And at the time I smoked weed. So I'd get like super stoned and like just listen to him. Like, whoa, this man's insane. Totally. I loved Psyopus. Into the and Psyopus was, awesome. was also really a sick band. And uh, so that was really cool. And they were just a little bit older than us, you know, a couple of years older than us. And so they were kind of like, yeah, it's, you know, don't worry. Hang in there. It's going to be sick for you guys. <laughs> Even though the tour You'll get them. You'll relatively get signed t- someday. Now, now I'd probably consider that like, you know, the worst flop of a tour, of, you know, but at the time it well, was Well, you're great. jaded. Yeah. You've become a jaded old man in your, in your elderly age. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm not that jaded. No, you're not. Most I don't think either of us are really. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, but yeah, well, so granted, was, you've been touring on that kind of... <laughs> Like way longer than me. So that was really fun. And then, uh, how long have we been going for? Because we're we've we're at Animosity's we've first barely tour. touched this. Yeah, forty minutes. Well, I want to I want to talk about. We're, see, we're both going to have to do part twos. But this could be like a five hour podcast. Yeah, we'll keep it going. So, uh, Dan Kenny then joins the okay, band. Okay, yeah. So, um, Dan Kenny did the Into the Moat tour. Mm-hmm. So, Sean quit, and then. Dan Kenny, who is now in Suicide Silence. Yeah. He's been in Suicide Silence <clears throat> for a really long time. Yeah. So we were like, we were at a, there was this place in Santa Cruz that did like house party metal shows. Joel's house. Yeah. Thunderdome. And we were over there at a, sh- at a show, a death metal show. I don't know who it was. And he was there. And I think that's how I met him. And then. Was he already in a band? Yeah. He had his own band, death metal band. What was it called? Carnivorous. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, well, Chase. Was he was a- like a guitar player. He didn't really play bass, but I was just like, oh, we need a bass player. So it goes. The old yeah. guitar player. Or he was kind of like, oh, I'll fill in for you guys until you find someone. That was kind of like what he said. Okay. And we're like, all right, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. And then uh, he did the Into the Mode tour. So was Chase simultaneously in what's it called? The Taste of Blood? Mm-hmm. He was simultaneously in that band with Animosity. Yeah, and that in that band, if you guys don't know, Derek Ridquist was the vocalist of that band, who is Demon Carcass. Yeah, he's the vocalist on Planetary, and you know he was in the Faceless. Now he's in the Zenith Passage. He's in John Frum, but I. So he was simultaneously in that band. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. We actually played a show with them, a really good show in Santa Cruz. That's sick. And then, well, we probably played multiple. That's just one that comes to mind. So, was were you like working on Flesh Rot as yeah. well at the same time? I actually was, yeah. And so I had that around that time. So I you, had that pretty early on, actually. Yeah, because Flesh Rot was a thing for a lot longer than I think before people like. You didn't just do that record with Johnny. You had songs up on MySpace. That's how I yeah. like. I never got like way into animosity, but I became a huge Naveen fan before I knew you because I was into flesh rot. Like my, it's one of our mutual (laughs) best friends, Dustin Miller. So Dustin, who did he mix dementia dyslexia? Uh, He mastered it and kind of co-mixed it. Okay. So Dustin, who is from Des Moines, was one of my best friends is one of yours showed me, I think maybe I heard about it, but anyway, around that time I just knew about flesh rot. So I remember the tracks when they were instrumental. Yeah. So we uh, that I started that band with Nick Gautier, mm-hmm. who we did an episode with him actually. Yeah. One of the earlier way back episodes. in the day. 
we started it because uh, so the animosity lived in San Francisco and I lived in Santa Cruz. So that's like an hour and a half drive. So I only saw them on the weekends. <clears throat> and like during the week, I'd be hanging with Nick and, you know, we're listening to metal and all, all that stuff. And we're like, let's start like an old school death metal band. So originally it was supposed to be kind of more like old schoolish kind of. Which is it funny. would be popular now. Yeah, yeah it would totally. be popular now. OSDM. What it was, which is funny because it totally became something that's one hundred percent not old school. It's almost yeah. new school. Yeah, so it started off more like old Cannibal Corpse and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, yeah, and I'll play guitar because I wanted to play guitar in a band. And so we had various. We tried out some drummers and stuff, and then like no one was really cutting it. So I moved to drums, <laughs> and then Chase played guitar. And Nick did vocals. So we actually played one show like that, but we would practice every week. That's sick. Yeah. So we would practice all the time. And then we made, uh, I made a couple demos, like just with friends who could record. Chase made a demo because he was taking like a recording class. And that was one of the songs that was on MySpace. I thought that you were, okay, well, uh, that makes sense. When did you? It branches out more though. I'm asking about this because I think that, you should probably say when you met him, like, weren't you going to track with Keen? Yeah. Okay. So here's this. This is a good point. So we go down to Ventura. Animosity. Does. Yeah. So this is later on. Uh, I believe that Dan did like three or four tours with us, mm-hmm. but we toured a lot when we first started. So we did Into the Moat, and then pretty shortly after, we did Origin and Malevolent Creation. And then we stayed on tour. Like, that was like a two and a half month thing. You know, when you first start, you're like, let's just fucking tour for like three months. Yeah. And so we did that tour, and then we stayed out and did uh, a tour with... God, what's the band called? Uh... They have a cool name. They're from uh, Canada. Uh, well, I don't know. I think it starts with a D. Just, the name's escaping me right now. I'm trying to think. The Plasma Rifle, it wasn't them, right? Ion Dissonance. Ion Dissonance. Ion Dissonance. Okay. So we got a little That tour doesn't with, start with a D. I would have guessed that. So it was a tour with Ion Dissonance and uh, Look What I Did. Oh, that's but biz- really weird bizarre. Lineup. Yeah. And the tour like fell apart. And everybody like went home. And then somewhere in there, we had a little tour with Curl Up and Die. I don't know if you remember that band. I've heard, just heard of them. Yeah. So it was like just this crazy, stupid, long, like we did Origin and then did that. And then I don't even know why we did it. Just stupid kids. And uh, so when we got back from that, uh, okay, after that, we did Six Feet Under, a tour at Six Feet Under. And on that tour, we had I had met before that, uh, job for a cowboy would like open shows that we would play like they opened up the origin tour they might have opened up another one and we were like damn that band's pretty sick and i kind of i was like oh I'll, I'll ask that vocalist if he'll do vocals for my other band because i thought he was a sick vocalist mm-hmm. so that's how we kind of became friends okay gotcha and then uh they were on like a week of the six feet under tour i might have asked johnny on that six feet under tour, something before like before they got big no, they were uh well they were pretty big. They were pretty they were they were not as hype when they were on the Six Feet Under tour. They were on like a week of it. That scream hadn't come out yet or what? I don't know. It it had for sure cuz we had the the first EP like really early on. Mm-hmm. Um 
So we did that. I'll get to that later. This is going to be a five part. Yeah. So we, uh, anyway, I'm like talking to Johnny about doing vocals on my other thing. I had like a few songs that are on the album. And, uh, I think I, I was 20 at this point. Yeah, I was 20. And he's like, Oh, I know this guy in LA named, uh, Ke- Michael Keen. Oh, Johnny introduced you to Keen. Yeah. He's like, I know this guy named Keen. He's like this kid who records. He's super sick. He'll, he, he wants to record flesh rock like for free. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, sick. Let's do it. So I was like, you know, it's perfect. We're going to play a show in Ventura with reflux. And I'm like, all right, I'll drive down by myself. We'll play the show and then I'll go meet up with this keen guy. But first we had to kick Dan out. Oh no. Because we had already decided that we wanted to get Evan on base. Which I mean, because er, I mean, reflux, reflux really broke player. up. Evan, uh, uh, reflux broke up. Tosin wanted to go to music school. So we were like, Oh, they broke up. We're going to get Evan. Fuck that. You know, he was already our friend. He's super cool. He's the not, sickest bass player. Not to interrupt you. This was before, well, I am interrupting you. This was before the self-titled was written. This was before animals as leaders. Was oh dude, this written. is way before that. Okay. This is when he went to school in Atlanta. Cause that record came out a long time before it started it catching on. I remember hearing it way before people yeah. knew about it. It came out in like 2006 or seven. Mm-hmm. This was probably 2000. Well, I, I'm like I said, I was 20. So this is 2005. Okay. And then, uh, so we play the show, kick Dan out, you know, and then the band rolled back up. Well, they were like, well, Naveen, you got to kick him out with us. So, well, I was like, well, we have to do it after the show because I'm not riding back with you guys. So we play the show. We get together in a group, kick him out. And I'm like, all right, see you guys later. You know, and then oh I jump God, in the that car. Sucks. What yeah, a bad time to kick someone I know, it was out. Whack. And then it he sucked. drove back with all of them. Like he drove back. I got, I got the fuck out of there. Jeez. So I went and oh met God. Keen, right? I go to his house. Well, Dan got a good end of that deal. He got a good, <laughs> like, good end of the. He's, he's in a still band. Music. Yeah, he's still playing music. So I go meet Keen and I'm like, you know, he was young. He was younger than me. He's probably like 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to. I meet him. I bring my drums in and stuff. I'm like, dude, this guy's got like a studio. It was like so inspiring, dude. It like changed my life. I was like, okay, he's he's got a studio. This is really cool. He's like, yeah, you want to hear my band? I'm like, yeah, for sure. He plays an <laughs> autopsy. Oh my I'm god! I'm just like, I love that song. That's my favorite faceless. Dude, song. I was like, mind fucking so blown. I was like, this is. It sounds like death metal with like Meshuggah in it. Like it didn't have vocals yeah. or anything. Keen came I was along. Like, he records it himself. This is sick. He doesn't even have to go to a studio. Like, it was unheard of. Yeah, I mean, Keen did change the game, dude. He from, really changed the game. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for he all of that. It. He changed the fucking game. He changed the landscape of that of metal. Dude, he changed my life that, that mm-hmm. day. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is, I'm going to, this is what I want to do. That's like why we have a studio. Totally. Cause I was like, he can record himself. He doesn't have to deal with anybody. He can fucking write, just sit there and write music. And it sounds fucking sick. It sounded crazy. He had, he knew how to sample, replace the drums. and shit. I didn't know what that was. You know, I wonder how he learned. We should have Keen on the show. He's told me, he, he and I have kind of talked about it before. We should have him on the show. I would be interested to know how he learned about all of that stuff because it wasn't as it wasn't readily available to learn about all of that like it is now. 
now I feel like it's just out there and everyone can kind of do it. But back then it was, that was mind blowing. Yeah. It was totally really inspiring. And like, like I said, I, uh, I, like he gave me like a CD with like an autopsy demo on it. And I was just like, this is so fucking That's sick. incredible. And, uh, so yeah, that's how we became friends. Um, and then we got Evan and the band and, you know, did a bunch of animosity stuff. But eventually you did quit animosity for a tour because you wanted to join the faceless. Yeah. So <laughs> it was, kind of, you know, it's funny. It's kind of like, uh, how I joined animosity really now that I'm thinking about it. Cause so faceless, he gave me the demos for planetary, like just check it out. And I was like, it was so good that I was just like, dude, I want to play with this band. Like, this is so sick. Yeah. Like I, so I, yeah, I did quit. I don't know if I officially quit. I probably just did like a weird shady thing. Like I'm going to go on tour with faceless and I'll talk to you guys later. Kind of a thing. Yeah. And then, uh, I did one tour with them, and then I was kind of like, at the time, you know, it was fun. I missed, like, you know, I was really good friends with Animosity, and that was, like, my band, you know, so I kind of yeah. realized, like, the grass is not greening on, on the other side. Like, I really miss my own band, and these guys were sick, and we were, like, Animosity was just, like, I'm just, I'm not, the Faceless's material was incredible, some of the best shit ever, but Animosity as a band, like, we were better. You know, like a live band and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, come on. We've been playing since we were kids yeah. together. Mm -hmm. So I went back to Animosity. But you did write on Planetary. You wrote like a riff or something. I wrote some riffs here and you there. You also wrote a, the drum part to me that's like one of the most important drum parts on the record, which is that ghost note part. Oh, yeah. Before I, mean, I didn't write it. I just played it. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. It's like. To me, that's like those ghost notes are. I think I just played it like that mm -hmm. because that's just how I play, like with some ghost notes. And then they told Lyle, like, you have to play ghost notes there because. Totally. You know, it, it's neither here nor there. No credit there for me. It's whatever. Neither here nor there. But you did write on it. Well, right. I mean, I had some other. I would. Okay. So since I was. I actually learned a lot uh, how to record from Keen. Mm -hmm. So we would talk a lot and I would send him shit. And I like sent him this little demo thing that I had made. And that uh, became some of the parts that are on the last song on the like that. Well, I do feel like when flesh rock came out, a lot of people were like, this kind of sounds like the faceless, but some of those parts were kind of Naveen. I mean, I think we inspired each other. Totally. Like we inspired each other. He had flesh rock really early on. He, and I had faceless really early on. So, I mean, I think that's not a, that's not I think we've told each other that. No. Yeah. I mean, you're still to this day, very influenced by Keen and it's, I think that it's the same vice versa. Dude, I like I said, he he taught me how to record in the beginning. Yeah. Like straight up. Mm -hmm. I was like, how do you use like drum kit from how do you do this? Like what the fuck's MIDI? You know what I mean? Like totally. he told me what that is. Totally. How to quantize something. That's you know? amazing. Super amazing. And I met uh Dustin, our mutual friend, when I did that one tour with Faceless. I met him in uh Nebraska. He was at the show. Omaha. Okay. Because he already knew Keen. Yeah. Because he was an engineer. Right. And then I, and then he was like, oh, are you a recording engineer too? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. You know, and then we just became friends. Totally. And then, so you went back to Animosity and Animosity eventually broke up. I think I went back and then we did Animal. With Kurt Ballou. Yeah. And what was that? What was it like working with Kurt Ballou? Because you 
We're a fan of Converge. Yeah, it was fucking really sick, man. It was the old school way of doing it. Like, drive out to the East Coast and... With all your gear. Al- yeah. Do a whole album for like four weeks. <laughs> I think something. we actually played some shows on the way out. Okay. Yeah, and then we did that. And then we did our first headliner right after that. I think we did the recording and then... Yeah, we did the recording and then started a tour on the East Coast back home. Which was had Faceless on it. Actually, you know what? What was that called? Brutality yeah, yeah. Tour? Mm-hmm. Had Faceless on it. Had a... Uh, Is that Brutality Tour? That's Brutality okay. Tour. Which was a really good tour. It was sick. As Blood Runs Black was on it? Yeah. And Beneath the Massacre. It's a good tour. I saw you guys on one of those last tours that you did. Uh, I think it was with Job for a Cowboy. Who was headlining? Job for Cowboy. Okay, it was JFAC, Annotations of an Autopsy, Animosity. Yeah, Hate Eternal was on it too. Hate but Eternal. They like dropped off like halfway through or something. Wait, Annotations of an Autopsy wasn't there the night that I went to either. I think they Iowa had City. some problems and they canceled. I, it was weird. It was like in the winter too, I think. It was weird. But that was one of your guys' last tours, right? It must have been. That was our last tour. Okay, so why did Animosity break up? Okay, so I I was personally like way more hyped on the flesh rot material, mm-hmm. so I was uh, I was just ultra focused on that. I mean, think about how I am. You know, you know how I am. Yeah, when when you are <clears throat> into something, that's what's going to get all of your attention, yeah, and like everything else can kind of fuck don't, off. For don't a even while. care. The whole world could just crumble, and it's like whatever. Yeah. So that's I was doing that pretty extreme. Uh, was really into recording really into i started to get like kind of good at it you know like good enough to like okay i could actually make this album on my own Mm -hmm. and so i was like really hyped on that um and then of course you know had some problems with some of the members of the band i'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus but there was inner problems as there are as there are when you're when you're 21 years old yeah so basically 22 years old the you guys are probably burnt out to a certain extent. Yeah, sort of burnt out at the, uh, to an extent. And then, like, Leo was kind of more of the mind of, like, I mean, they're doing this, like, f- hardcore full-time or I'm going to go to school. Mm-hmm. So he decided to go to school because it's like we weren't really doing anything. Um, the focus was just elsewhere. And then, uh, so he went to school and... That was that band just broke up, and you worked on Flesh Rot in the meantime. While you must not have been off tour for very long before no, you went on the the because I saw Animals as Leaders on the first tour I believe that you guys did, which was like an opening for BT Bam for yeah. maybe a week okay, or two. So Animosity broke up in November two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. I finished Flesh Rot in June. And then uh, I started talking to Tosin around that time. And we did that tour in November 2009. And so it was, one, it was one year exactly that I had off. And like we were saying, the Animals record, that first record came out in 2007. Yeah, yeah because we had it in Animosity. Yeah, and it was like mind blowing, but it was it kind was of a like, slow burn at the beginning for animals. Like, I don't know if it was because, well, I remember Tosin was playing with Born of Osiris. 
I remember hearing about that. Well, you know, it's hilarious. So we were going to do animals earlier on. <clears throat> like I had talked to him like right when animosity ended. And, uh, I was like, let's do it. This is, this shit's amazing. Like I'm down. And, uh, he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to join born of Osiris for a while. And I was like, dude, why would you do that? Like you're insane. Like you're going to be the big, biggest fucking guitar player ever, you know? And he was like, yeah, well, I don't really have any money to like get it going and da 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 da. So I'm just going to like play in Barnabas House for a while and I could kind of build my name up and make some money. So I'm like, all right, you know, that's cool, whatever. But then, yeah, I think six months went by and then whatever. I don't, I don't know the story with that. And he said, oh, BT Bam asked me if I want to go do the run with them. This little oh, like okay. ten day run or whatever. So we asked them before there was a band. Yeah, was it? It was always known that Hav was the guitar player. I don't know if it was known, but he was. Yeah, mm-hmm. he had an original lineup with Matt Halpern on drums. Right, I think there's like a picture. Yeah, there's a picture. So that was was Chaban in the lineup? yeah. And then there, there was a dude who was gonna like do the like computer stuff live. I don't even right. know what the flip he was doing back there. Right. <laughs> so you guys do the BT Bam tour and then. Yeah. Then you did the Veil of Maya tour. So that tour was like, I mean, dude, it was crazy. It was like, okay, Animals is fucking hype. Yeah, I would imagine there were like uh, chants. Yeah, there was one more song fucking, it was insanity. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh my God. It it was like one of the best times of my life. I mean, I was like in just like, what is this, you know? But what was it like? uh, You should probably talk about practicing with them for the first time, even though I know you've brought you've oh, yeah. talked about it on. Yeah. So I'm like super hyped to do this band. You know, I'm like all nervous. Like I had been home for a year. No, that was the longest I've ever been home since I was, since I was, I don't know, whatever, 15, you know, like I always played shows on the weekends or probably even longer than that. Since I was like 12, I was always either playing shows on the weekends, going on tour, having band practice all the time. Right. And then, all of a sudden, animosity breaks up, and I didn't care at first because I was just so into doing flesh rod. I didn't give a fuck. It, did, it didn't even occur to me. But then after I finished that, I was like, "Man, what the? F- what am I? I?" I was like, I went through like a crisis. I was like, "What am I going to do with my life?" You yeah. know. And then that's when I started talking to Tosin. So I was like working at the time doing draperies. And uh, I'd be like driving around like fucking air drumming the songs like imagining dude just being on stage with animals and like how sick it was going to be. And like, you know, the material was way different for me to play. Like I I was used to playing animosity. And so I was practicing that a lot and I started to get it. You know, I started to be able to play it. and I made that little YouTube video and tempting uh, time. I just remember it was like, this is going to be this is going to be something really huge, you know, and uh it was really cool to play like no offense with no vocalist at the time, you know, like yeah, we're I'm used to like a vocalist fucking throwing water everywhere and shit. And I'm like, dude, this is like an instrumental band. Like nobody even cares. There's no vocal. Like this is going to be sick. Everyone's just paying attention to the music. And, uh, yes, we did that. Uh, I flew out to DC. So I, I like shipped my drums and bought my own plane ticket. You know, in the beginning, animals had no nothing. I mean, it was like, I mean, animals didn't even really have money until maybe right as you quit. Yeah. Cause like, I was coming from Animosity, which we were like a professional band. Like mm-hmm. Leo was a fucking good businessman. We made money. We didn't pay for anything ever. Like we, it was pro. When we went on tour, we got paid. It was like, here's a bunch of money after tour. So uh, like pretty early on, 
like a, of course at first it was not it was shitty but after the first few tours it was we built the, up some money and you know and we were selling merch all the time we had hot merch so we we Dude, made money we didn't even talk about that animosity like i mean people still talk about yeah, that copy yeah so like we made money in that band it was great and we were young and having a good time anyway so honestly for me joining animals was like a huge downgrade i mean it sucked it was like there was no money there was it was completely not managed at all. Nobody knew what they were doing running a band. It was ever, it was like their first time, basically. Uh, the merch sucked <laughs> straight up. Uh, but the music was just so sick. And we were all just like, it was so cool to play. Like you could just tell it was like a new thing was forming. Yeah. You know? And so I flew my shit out. And like I said, I was really hyped to play. I was really well rehearsed. I knew the songs perfect. And I show up and these guys are like, dude, they, no, like they can't play the songs correctly. Like they, you could tell they, they didn't practice at all. You know, and I flew out there. I was like, oh my God, dude, like this was a mistake. You know, this is not going to work. And Hav, like, you know, you could tell Tosin got a, Tosin got an Axe Effects the day of practice. So he's just sitting there like fucking with the Axe Effects. Hav had, probably hadn't turned his amp on and I don't even know how long. I'm like, we had to start practice at midnight. So we had to, Javier worked at like a rap studio, like making beats. And they're like, yeah, you guys could jam here when the studio closes. It closed at midnight. So we would start practice at midnight. So and be in there till five or whatever. And uh, I remember just being like, damn, this is so janky, dude. You know, like, I mean, this is just whack. And like, they didn't even have a van. Like, it was just a mess, dude. But then I remember like two days in. Uh, it just clicked and we were playing. We always it, talk about that, Naveen. Dude, two days and it was like, I remember one night at practice, we were playing and it like clicked and it was like, dude, this is sick. Like this is going to work. And uh, we borrowed their friend's fucking conversion van that was shitty as fuck. And then like had to drive super far to rent a trailer from some guy, weird guy off Craigslist. <laughs> and then we drove all night and we got to the, when we got to the first show, it was literally load onto stage. Damn. It was our time to play. And BT Bam's there like laughing at us, you know, because we're so fucking janky and shitty. This is like a, a constant in your life, the BT Bam thing. We'll talk about Entheos's first They're always time with BT Bam where they were laughing at us. Yeah. yeah. It pro- it happened in LA too when the first time I met them because Frank like tried to mosh for them and like broke his hand or something and got like kicked out. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's a recurring thing. Like the with older BT brother Bam. just laughing yeah, at me. Yeah, just like, oh no. But yeah, so we ripped it on the first show, and I was like, all right. And then uh, I remember, I think it was like the second or third show. Tosin was like, hey, can you go? Can you go put my guitar on stage? You know? And I like walked out with his guitar, and the whole place was like, yeah, I, like started cheering, you know. And I, I was, I'd never seen anything like that before. <laughs> like, Whoa! And I started smiling, like, dude. This is gonna be sick. And there's actually a video from that show, oh, which wow. we could pull up. That's sick. And uh. Yeah, it was just, dude, it was an amazing time. It was amazing. And then right after that, that was November. In February, we did the uh, tour that I met you on. Yeah. It was Veil of Maya, Animals, Periphery, and Circle of Contempt. Yeah. Who I don't think they, I think they stopped being a band shortly after. It was Periphery first, Animals second, Circle of Contempt, Veil of Maya. Whoa. And then, so you... Stayed touring with animals for the next year. And then we we met each other in February and then we started dating in November. No, January of the next year. But 
Okay. Well, the Circa yeah, tour. Yeah. So circa animals. Tour, we saw each other again on the Circa tour. That was an interesting thing about animals is that they started getting all of these tours that like metal bands. So they were, it was weird because yeah. animals was a metal band and coming from that genre, but the, you guys were getting tours that were like not really metal. It was kind of like doing something new in the metal world. Like you were touring with Circa Survive and Dredge. Yeah, they started getting, uh, <clears throat> because there's no vocals, bands in all sorts of genres would listen to them. Yeah. And they'd be like, wow, this band is like, the band was so uh, different mm-hmm. that it was novel. Right. So you could put this band on your show and be like, oh, look at how cool we are. We have like this insane band opening. You know, it was, it had that novel quality to it. Yeah. Not well, to diminish the music, but it just was so sick that it became a novelty. Oh, totally. I mean, it was just like unheard of. Then now there are a lot of clones of like both periphery and animals exactly. and the faceless. And, you know, it's, we're used to hearing this kind of music, but when that fucking band came Dude, out, it was, it was I remember my of. cousin showed me animals and I think my cousin was also friends with Dustin. So I think that, you know, he got it from him, whatever. And I remember listening to animals for the first time in my cousin's apartment. And it just, it changed my fucking life. I was like, hundred percent. this is like a metal band that's just doing something that I can't even, it, it sounded like aliens at first. It sounded really alien and just so fresh and new. Yeah. So it really, um, you know, was a, changing people's I remember when I first then. actually jammed the Animals album and this was like when I lived at my mom's house and I wait no I didn't live at my mom's house I was at my mom's house visiting I remember this day uh, and I was listening to it in my car I remember just being like I texted Tosin and I was like dude I can't believe I know you <laughs> like this is so insane yeah like how did you make this truly you know Um. Tosin's- so yeah it was really fun and then uh I don't know. It became kind of not so fun for me after a while. And I wanted to, uh, like at that point in time, you know, we were talking a lot. I was getting way into electronic music production and stuff like that. But we all lived together. So I, after Naveen and I started dating, I moved, or you lived in the Bay and they lived in DC and you all planned on moving into a house together in LA to like have the band together in one place. Yeah. So you guys got a house in LA and then like, a month after I moved to LA and lived in the house as well. So the entire year of 2011 was like animals was on tour and we would find ways to have me on tour. Like I did merch and I did like, I was booking lessons for them and stuff just because like we all kept the party going. Like there, the entire year was like a party and just us having fun and animals wasn't making money I remember on that first uh, Animals headliner that I did merch on, like the first time you guys got paid, I think it was like a week into yeah. tour and we were parked outside of a mall and everyone got like 18, maybe $1,200. And I, we, like, I got paid, I'm going yeah, to the mall, we, we got some new shoes and shit. We freaked the fuck yeah. out because we had all been living in a house together so broke. Like we would find spe- like alcohol specials so that we could go to open bars between seven and eight at night and be drunk and dance and party, but not have to pay for anything. We were so fucking broke. So the, I remember the first time you guys got paid, we were just like... It was sick. It was so sick. Yeah. And then you guys did like a Deftones European thing. Yeah, we went to Europe and uh, with BTBM. 
again. Oh, yeah. And before that, though, we had like a week of shows with Deftones. <clears throat> so uh, that was a pretty cool experience. And we did that. And then, yeah, came back. And then we did a BT BAM tour in the States with Tesseract. Oh, yeah. And that yeah. was my last tour, though. That headliner, though, was pretty monumental. It was all of us in a van together. Colella was on tour with us, which Colella wasn't like doing anything musically then, but now she was trying, she was like starting to get into playing music. Tosin's ex-girlfriend is now like a pretty well-known like Like R&B pop singer. Yeah, she's like... she lived with us too. Yeah, so we all lived together and she went on the tour. Um, There was a sound guy, Zach. Steve Jones was on the tour in the same, in the van with us because he was like shooting... Like a documentary. A documentary, which the world has never seen it and we've talked about it before on the podcast i don't know if the world will ever see it but there is a fucking tour documentary that is now over 10 years old that all of us are in on that first animals headliner um evan was in the van with us and that's how i met evan initially because he was uh doing like a solo thing playing two bases opening and dead letter circus was on that and intranaut and last chance to reason so that's how we met Intranaut and also Mike Lassard and all of the Last Chance guys. And yeah, then I guess after that, you decided to quit. That's what I do, man. Quit. Yeah, you wanted to. So yeah, like I said, I was getting really into electronic music production and stuff like that. And when I get into something, I, I go pretty hard. And I was just kind of like, fuck, man, I've been touring forever. This is kind of losing its luster for me. Kind of over it. Mm. And uh yeah, that's what happened. And then uh, I did the electronic thing for a while. I started to like play drums and do electronic music. But then it, I was just like, this is dumb. Why am I doing this? It sucks. I missed like playing metal and being... I play, I missed playing metal. And then that's when we uh, decided to start Entheos. Yeah. And we kind of talked about it last week because this is like where our stories obviously converge. Yeah. Completely not just us dating. We'd been together for like five years before we started the band, but our musical paths converge at Entheos. And, you know, like we said last week, Frank was trying to record Realms of Vision with Naveen and Evan had just quit the faceless. Uh, Naveen wanted to play metal. I had just put out that Veil of Maya video. So everything kind of lined up. Naveen was like, yo, Frank, don't do Realms of Vision. Let's track an ep yeah like let's make some animosity type metal again yeah and we never we like just wanted to make a demo with each other we had never we our only intentions were to play some shows together yeah we didn't really know where it was gonna go i mean we kind of knew it would be a real thing but well i think that when once the band was announced it just kind of got some hype and we got a like we started getting like offers tour offers and offers to sign a contract for a record deal really early on. And we're kind of like, Oh fuck, maybe we should like run with this a little bit. And so we, you know, continued to do that. And since then you've played drums on a lot of other stuff as well. Yeah. I started getting studio opportunities. Uh, I mean, this is eight years ago that the band has started. So a lot of shit has happened in between then and now. I know it's almost like let's let's think about it. It's pretty much everything that I said up until the start of Entheos, it's about the same amount of time. Yeah. 
So and this is like by far the longest band that I've ever been in. Well, that's it's not true that it's the same amount of time because I think you started playing in Animosity <sighs> yeah, pretty okay. early. I think it was like actually a 14 year span that you're talking about. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. Because I, I think I was in Animosity for. Let's see. I joined it when I was 16. And then we broke up in 2008. So I would have been 23. So about. Yeah. Seven years. Mm-hmm. We're just hitting that now, I guess. Yeah. So. So yeah, so that's pretty much. I the think story that was right a there. pretty good wow, interview. Good. We didn't how, get well, into how, well, yeah. How long are we at? We're right there. Uh, I'm sure uh, there are 15. questions. We didn't get into certain things like why you're. I wanted to ask you this right off the bat because people probably want to know this. And I and friends of mine kind of assumed that you were not American mm. because of your name. So do you want to explain cool why name. your name is? I think I've already explained it on the podcast. Well, this is the Naveen interview, times. so you have to. Because right, my parents were in the Hare Krishna movement, and so I got a cool Indian name. But that's your first name. Your last name is a Polish name. Oh yeah, my last name. My last name actually, the name was Copper Was. Uh, but they just spelled it wrong when my uh, grandpa came through Ellis Island. And he just rolled with he it. He's like, okay, whatever. I'll just roll with that. He's Cop like, that's, no. m- that's more American. Yeah, he didn't really care. So, yeah, I guess. So I don't know if I think of anything else to ask you. Naveen, it yeah. That's pretty cool, talking about all that stuff. But, yeah, within all that, there's also, you know, stories to be had. That's the thing. There are a million within stories. Each subcategory. We were glazing over a lot of it. That's how I felt when I when I went back and listened to my own personal interview. I was like, dude, we just glazed over. Like, now people are going to think I only listened to, like, Slipknot and then Bleeding Through, you know? Like, I listened to all kinds of shit. Yeah, I mean, the musical history there. is, like, something else that you could have, that you could talk about. Just like, yeah. okay, I was listening to this, then it led to that, da-da-da-da. Well, know? I was wondering if we should talk about, on one of these episodes, like, our most influential albums. I'm down. I was thinking that the podcast might be kind of cool if we like actually talked about stuff. I was thinking that too, like had topics <laughs> instead of talk about dominoes for 20 minutes straight. That sounds good though. God, You can have both. That's true. You yeah, can have true. your dominoes and eat it too. Well, maybe we should just have a segment that's like, see, I wanted to have segments. That's what I was, was thought would be cool. Yeah. All right. Like, well, I'll come up with them. Yeah. I have like a little segment. It'll have like a little, you know what we need jingle. to start doing is cutting clips. We We've been really bad about updating our social media. We suck. Well, you know why? It's because so much shit has been going on with the band. Uh, this is what I've been doing for the band in the last week. Designing a ton of like content, social media content shit. I did a playthrough. If you guys haven't checked out my playthrough. Built a website, rebuilt our merch store. You know, you have to do all kinds of things. Uh, we're coming crazy. up on an album release. So we're yeah. kind of like, I actually started wondering like how, how do you dedicate so much time to being in a band if you have like a full-time job? Because this feels like way more than a full-time job to me. We used to do it somehow. Uh, yeah, it's insane. But it's amazing people who do that. But are there questions, Harrison? Yeah, we got a few questions. Cool. We also have a caller. Oh, we have a caller. Is it caller? It is caller. <laughs> oh, let's, ha- let's just take, take him on the Twitch thing. Caller? Oh, yeah. On the post show? Yeah. Okay. We'll take him on the post show because... We're already at an hour and 15. Should we just That's save the true. questions for next week? Well, are they Naveen-oriented questions? Uh, yeah, a couple of them. Okay. All right, let's all right, just all right, ask right, the Naveen right. ones. Well, I, I don't know. Just ask them all, Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, Josiah asked, 
I want to know how Animosity came to work with Drum Corps, and I'm curious if Entheos is open to some oh, yeah. sort of collaboration. Yeah, okay. Um, so let's think about that. Aaron. Okay, he did a remix of a Converge song and a Curl Up and Die song. And Leo found it somehow. I don't know. Leo was always like finding the cool music. That mm-hmm. was his, still is his thing. Totally. And uh, which Leo is a DJ. <clears throat> Yeah. Like you guys should check. I think it's like DJ Baby Leo, SoundCloud. Yeah, he's still like killing it, just in a different arena. So uh, we really liked the way it sounded. It was just really cool. Like I, we hadn't heard anything like that before, and I think Leo just hit him up and was just like, "Hey, do you want to uh, do a remix album for us?" And he was down. And then we actually played our last show was actually Animosity and Drum Corps live together. So we like did it all live. It was sick. That's and uh, then Leo actually like joined Drum Corps. You probably don't know that. I didn't know that. He no. did like a European tour like in Drum Corps. Whoa, that's super sick. What was he doing? I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. I can't remember. That's awesome. But to answer, that's also the only uh, vinyl that Animosity ever put out, and we don't have one. Your dad does, though. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was a cool thing. Antheos uh, would be down. Yeah, we actually, uh, like, every so often, core. yeah, Aaron has come to shows. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's really cool. And Chill we've dude. actually talked about it, like, I think I brought it up, like, a week ago, that we should have a drum core remix. We've also reached sure ha- reached out to a couple of people who we're way into. I would like to have a big chocolate one, a Reza one. Uh, I would like for Naveen to do one. And of course, as we yeah, I'm done. continue I'm to cool. roll out our new stuff, you know, it's, we just have been working on this. So I would like to do remixes and stuff. I want to get creative with our new album. I'm down. Or our old shit. Cool. Uh, next up, good old Jake Scrappile. Uh, what's Naveen's favorite album he's been a part of outside of Entheos? Any particular favorite memories from that favorite? Uh, it's it's flush rot. My favorite memory of doing that is <clears throat> being in my studio alone and just tracking guitars for like a whole day, and then hitting the spacebar and like turning it on super loud, and just jumping up and down like this is fucking insane. And <laughs> no one being there, and I'm just like jumping up and down like yes. This rules. Yeah, that record rules. I totally remember that. It was actually the song uh, Programming the Herds because that one's like really crazy in tech. And I just remember listening back to it like, dude, this is so fucking crazy. Yeah, super sick. I'm stoked on this. So that would that would that would definitely take the cake. Uh, next up is from Will is Stone. Uh, have either of you written anything for another project that you wish you had saved for Entheos? Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> no I remember when you did the uh, the guest spot uh, for a noob oh, I was hella jealous I was like damn Cheney's busting out some sick vocals for this thing yeah because there was a lot of pitch screaming on it and a noob yeah. left leaves a lot of room to breathe I was um, like this is so which, fucking sick I was jealous yeah I feel like at the time we ha- we didn't have anything out that was similar Yeah. Uh, or like had the same vocal style on it but on our new record we've kind of like righted all our wrongs i guess you know like we've we've upped our game a bit so there is a ton of that kind of shit on entheos now so i mean honestly i think everything's in its rightful place 
I agree. Yeah. None of that, honestly, entheos wouldn't exist without all of that stuff. Yeah. Because think about it this way. It's like one of the reasons that we were so confident that Naveen and so stoked that Naveen could write the album that we're announcing tomorrow is because of flesh rot and because of how much I liked flesh rot. And I knew that like that album is one of my biggest metal musical influences. So without that would Entheos be what it is now? Probably not. It would be, you know, so all of it is kind of like a stepping stone to get to the next thing. And I think that all of that stuff is super necessary to be where it's at. Progression. Yeah. Uh, Mizzle Pizzle asks, what does Naveen remember most fondly about the video shoot for The Black Page by Animosity? <laughs> um, well, that was at Leo's house. Yeah. His parents' house. Um, you know what's funny? The thing that I remember the most about that is that I remember they had like a nice like faucet and it got like bent completely over. Oh my and God. we were like, oh no, we bent the faucet. <laughs> and... Uh, that kind of cracked me up. It, another funny memory is w- they were out of town. So like when they saw the video, they were like, you, what the fuck? You did that in our house? <laughs> like they were, I'm pretty sure they were like appalled, but. So Naveen, how did the, the drum twirl come about? The infamous I, black page drum it was twirl. Just something no off the top of my head, dude. I, I didn't even, it wasn't like, I didn't even know. I just thought it was something stupid. For the record, I try to get him to do it all the time. Not behind the drums, but like when we're in the grocery store. Or like, you know, I'll be like, Naveen, do that twirl from the Black Page video. It's downright embarrassing. And I'll also be like, dude, we got to jam, Naveen. So I like to quote that video and razz him a little bit. <laughs> that video is like sick, though. Like, like Derek Ridquist is in it. Yeah, people don't. Cameos. Yeah, there are a bunch of cameos. He was like, hey, show. let me get a cameo in the video. Oh, yeah. He needed it. Yeah. That's sick. You look really young. The hairstyle, I don't... I think you could have, like, you know, done something with your hair that day, but... Oh, it was, like, when I cut my hair. I had long hair before that. Didn't you I have, cut. like, a Julius Caesar that type? Sh- no, I used like to... Like a shaggy do? I used to just grow my hair out long and then buzz it and then grow it out again. Like, I would just perpetually do that. So, I didn't... I never had, like, a haircut. Like, it wasn't styled or anything. Yeah, it wasn't styled. That's what I remember about no, it. Which I was against that. When I, I met stupid. Naveen, he was a very, like, hair-styled guy. Like, I've never known you as a not-hair-styled guy. Yeah, that was when I was discovered. That was honestly when I discovered, like, getting a haircut. Yeah, you, like, went to barbers and would get fades and stuff. Yeah. You were kind of like a white men can't jump type hair style, you know? Yeah, going through a douche phase, kind of. A douche phase? A douchey phase. I like that haircut. I'm just kidding. What's this one? It's kind of (laughs) douchey. Still in the phase. (laughs) I I, I get haircuts, though. It's just long. See? It's all trimmed. (laughs) Yeah, your hair's looking good. Uh, But yeah, that was my big takeaway from that. The video. The spin. Yeah, we also I actually re- watched... I regret it, hardcore. There's oh. another animosity video that no one ever talks about, and it's the Subway one. Yeah, we played on a Subway. What song is that? Tooth Grinder. Tooth Grinder. Okay, the animosity song I knew was Terror Storm, because it went, Terror Storm. So that's the only part <laughs> that you know? Yeah. Well, that's the only part that I really remember, yeah. All right. <laughs> nice. I liked I I like animosity though. It's sick. You guys were sick. It's crazy that you were so young. I mean, it's insane. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty crazy. It's a good time. Anything else, Harrison? That's it. No regrets. All right. 
No regrets. All right. Well, uh, this has be, been the Naveen Everybody, episode. make sure. Check when out you're that recovering n- from that amazing episode, you can. Uh, <laughs> when you're when you've got your fill of Naveen, you can go and get more and watch "I Am the Void." Yeah. Well, we'll see you guys next week, or we'll see you in the post show. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you all, all our golden lobsters out there. And if you have yet to opt in, we still love you too. All Have right. a good week, everyone. Peace.